Hey, Chris. Hey, how's it going? I'm good. How are you? Good. Yeah, you, you've right. had the, the tough part is done. You've connected and you're here. Yeah, this is easier <laughs> than I thought. This is the first one I've done. So. Well, wait till we ask you questions. This is going to be the, the <laughs> toughest questions ever. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've been there before, but just looking forward to it. Welcome, everybody, to the show. This is the U.S. Rugby Happy Hour Live. Thank you again so much for tuning in. Happy Hour Live brings you interviews with some of the biggest names in the U.S. rugby scene. And tonight we have two great guests. We'll get into that in a couple of minutes. If you are not already following us, please do so at Eagles Overseas and Rugby Morning to get updates on future shows and news about U.S. rugby, Major League Rugby, and much, much more. I'm Bill Baker of Eagles Overseas and freshly offed his, I don't know, MLR draft mind and so much into that thing as Rugby Morning's John Fitzpatrick. Hey, Fitzy. <laughs> hey, Bill. How's it going? And and I don't know if you know this, Bill, but I mean, unless you live underneath a rock, it's no longer Twitter, man. It's X. Okay, get it right. Yeah, I, I, I can't do it. I, I, I just can't do it. I, I'm, I'm waiting. Like I said earlier, I'm waiting for that cease and desist order from uh, you know Elon. So when that happens, he'll be X. <laughs> <laughs> Have you changed all your stuff? Are you like going online and changing your profiles to X, not Twitter? No, no. No, it's <laughs> too much time involved for that. I barely know my password for most of this stuff, so to heck with it. Yeah, yeah, and you have young kids too. It's not like you're at like t-ball practice and like, hold on, guys, I gotta change my <laughs> change my name to X. <laughs> Actually, I've done that. So <laughs> well, yeah, I did. I was at dinner with my wife last night. I'm like, hold on a second, I forgot. I need to post about tonight's show. <laughs> no, all good. Hey, you know, Fitzy. By the way, welcome back, man. How was the? How were the Western Kentucky Mountains? West Virginia. I was in oh. West Virginia. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's so uh, different. Well, you know, not that different. Appalachia, man. It's uh, if, if you've never been, it's gorgeous there. There's a reason why it's called Wild and Wonderful West Virginia. The camping was great. Nice. You know, we were out swimming holes, hiking. I drank a lot of beers. It was great. as you do as you do yes (laughs) yeah i remember reaching out to you a couple of times like like a couple of weeks ago we had a show and i i did it without you Uh, i apologize but it was a decent show part of me thought you would tune in at least a little bit from the top of a mountain like you're i can picture you up there like i don't know like stranger things with a phone on top of a hill trying to get signal in the underworld like i can get in the show (laughs) i thought you were there Unfortunately, the Wi-Fi signal on my banjo wasn't coming in, so I couldn't couldn't do it. Well, I'll forgive you, man. You know, it, that, during that time, by the way, I went to a Sox game at Fenway Park. I I watched my daughter play soccer in Italy. Well, actually, I wasn't in Italy. I watched it online. Um, I went camping in New Hampshire. I drank way too many beers at a brew fest in New Hampshire as well. You know, summer stuff. You know, good stuff. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Yeah, but yeah, Fitz, it's good to have you back, man. It's it's, it's a blast. I'm really looking forward to tonight. We got two great guests. You know, uh, uh, Chris, uh, Jesus Christ, I can't talk right now, but two great guests tonight. And you know what? Honestly, I think we get to the first one right now because I think it's got he's got a wealth of Let's new knowledge and old knowledge. that I think he'll be great for our listeners to enjoy uh, enough, like, you know, bantering about our, how awesome we are. Let's get right into our first guest. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, this guy, uh, again, not only fresh off the USA European tour, but also earning his first eagle number, his first cap number 564. Let's give a warm welcome to Chris uh, Matina. I'm probably saying that wrong, Chris. I apologize. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. I'm Matina. Matina, yeah. yes. I knew that. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, on. man. So welcome back from Europe. Uh, still a bit jet lagged, maybe? 
Yeah, a little bit. Just kind of getting my feet back in New York. Um, but it was, yeah, it was quite a quite a travel day for us uh, coming back from Georgia. Not too many straight flights from there. So. <laughs> no, probably not. Um, yeah. <laughs> Still finding the feet. Yeah, sure. yeah. And again, congrats on earning that first cap or three now. You know, coming off the bench and that, that you know the lone tour win against Romania. Uh, so let's get into it. Talk about that moment for you personally. How important and and or how proud you were to, to pull on that USA jersey. Yeah, no, it was it was it was a massive thing for me, and you know it's something that I've been you know looking forward to and striving for and really working hard for 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 a very long time. And um, you know, I think it took a little bit longer than I expected after I left the seventh program, but. You know, yeah, it just it was just a lot of perseverance and a lot of hard work and um, a lot of learnings uh, to get there. So just to to step on that field and represent the U.S. something that I've been waiting to do for a long time. So it was, it was extremely special, and I just took it all in in that Romania game, and it was great to get you know your first cap and a, and a really big win for us in a, in this new era of U.S. rugby. Yeah, I know a couple of players had their their family able to join. Were you able to have any family join the trip? No, unfortunately not. Um, they were watching from home, but, uh, you know, I think they've supported me so much throughout this and it would have been great to have them yeah. there. But once again, Romania is not right. the easiest place to get to <laughs> in the middle of a European summer. Yeah. So, um, you know, they were enjoying it from home and they're really proud of me. So it was great to just have them, you know, supporting from the farm. Yeah. And you mentioned USA sevens earlier, and we're going to get into that more later in this half an hour, but you know, you've been competing at a high level for a number of years now. You know, it's starting with the University of Delaware, MLR with a few teams, sevens again. What, what was the shock like for you at the international level? Was it what you expected, you know, faster and more physical, et cetera? For 15s or for Oh, 15, sorry. I think it was – I think it's – I think the biggest difference, obviously, it's a bit faster. It's a bit more physical. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just the – just what it means, I think, to everyone out there, like – it's just you get the best out of everyone and you know everyone's kind of giving it everything whereas you know mlr is a long season a lot of different guys a lot of guys playing for different things and i think when you go up at the international level i think it's just like everyone's there to represent you know their country and on that international stage there's a lot more riding on that so i think the pressures and the speed and the physicality and everyone's really giving it their all so you know i think that was a Mm -hmm. That's probably the biggest shift in my mind in terms of of being there, and um, it's super cool, and it's it's just an awesome environment to be in, and it's just really special. Chris, when you returned home this week, what was one of the you know what was one of the first things you you maybe told your friends or family about the tour? Was there a was there a highlight that that stood out to you, or a moment that stood out to you? Yeah, I think. I think for me, the biggest thing was individually was the the Georgia game. Like, I think it was my first start. Um, I fall back and, um, you know, I think Georgia also, I didn't know what to expect to go there as, as a country. And I think I was quite surprised with, with how great it was and how beautiful it was. And um, we really enjoyed our time there and they have such a great setup and like they're, you know, building something really special there and the government's put in so much money to, to rugby and these guys are, you know, full-time guys that are playing in pro d2 top 14 and you know they have a pro team set up there and a twenty-five thousand person stadium dedicated for rugby so you know i think just georgia was very surprising for me and i think it was just kind of 
wrapped up the trip for me really well. And, you know, to play and start in that game was a goal of mine going to this tour. So, you know, I think that's something I'll remember and kind of take with me for, for a while. Oh, that's great. And, and speaking of Georgia, you, you talk a little bit about kind of getting out maybe a little bit. Was there a, was there a particular food dish that you tried that surprised you? You were like, huh, that was good. I was not expecting that. Yeah. They had a great assortment of like their meat selections really good. So they're, chicken then they had these dumplings called kinkali which were kind of a soup dumpling which i which we really enjoyed and it's great that they you know take us out for dinner once a week and kind of let us have a local uh some local food which i really enjoy you know that part of tours kind of getting amongst the locals and figuring out what you know the country's like and what people do there so you know, i think that part's really special especially in rugby when you can travel around all these cool places so yeah i'd say the dumplings the kinkali were were really good and um yeah we enjoyed it we enjoyed georgia for sure yeah i mean no wonder their props are so big they've probably been eating so many of those kinkali <laughs> <laughs> they 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 definitely know how to eat there that's for sure they love their food and they take great pride in it so yeah they're you can see why some of their forwards are absolutely massive. <laughs> I wanted I wanted to go back and um, hit on a point that you brought up. Uh, Bill asked the question. You talked a little bit about kind of like perseverance and your journey to the 15s program. You know, last year you were kind of, you were in that mix, right, for for the pool. Unfortunately, missed out on making the the senior 15 squad. But I guess thinking mm-hmm. back on it, how did you react to that? Was it was it a for you like a time to maybe take a step back, or were you like nope, full bore? I really want to try and make the squad for, for this year. Walk us through that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was probably the toughest, <laughs> one of the toughest moments. Cause I was on the bench versus Portugal and I was on that tour the whole time. And Portugal would have been my first yeah. cap and ended up not getting on the field. So, and we tied and <laughs> missed out on the world cup. So like, it was just a very shocking you know, you expect it to go the right way and it could have been the best day, you know, of my life in terms of getting on the field and qualifying for a World Cup and, you know, it just didn't happen. So I think it was just a pure shock. And I, I think at that point I was like, there's no way that I'm that I'm ending like this. There's no way that I'm going to step back from this. There's no way that I've come this far and I don't get a cap. So, you know, I think from then on it was just like i need to get this done and i need to to do this you know whatever it is like i'm not going to end with this bad taste in my mouth so it was kind of full full bore head and kind of took that into the chicago season and um kind of ran with it from there so yeah it was it was pretty crazy pretty wild journey but yeah really really delighted and happy with with this past tour so listeners if you're here live on the twitter app on your mobile device Coming up, ask a question. You could do so by uh, requesting on the bottom left and get you up here as soon as possible. Ask a question of our guests right now. If you're listening live on Facebook, uh, YouTube, and LinkedIn, uh, I am having difficulties with LinkedIn, which is no surprise. Uh, <laughs> uh, you can all go ahead and leave a message in those chats, and I'll, I'll keep uh, an eye on it and get your question online as well. Uh, so, Chris, let's talk about coaching. Let's talk about Scott Lawrence. We, uh, we've had him on the show a few weeks ago right before the tour started. Now, he mentioned playing – zero g rugby uh talk about that what does that mean you know how do you find zero g rugby yeah i think uh what we're trying to build is kind of a a high flying attack and high flying defense and i think it's in zero g we talk about it it's it's really involved around just being instinctual playing what's in front of us um, trying to attack space, you know, being fit enough to do those things and 
play an exciting brand of rugby that um, is winning rugby and, and that we can sustain that level for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, yeah, and I think like that's that's the way that we want to do it. And I think that's the way teams around the world are starting to, to kind of revert to. And um, yeah, it's just really all about fitness and playing what's in front of us and being skilled enough to pull things off and being brave to to do that. So, um, you know, I think we've all kind of taken that mantra and kind of put it into our own games. And, you know, you saw glimpses of, glimpses of it, I think, in this mm-hmm. tour, but I think there's going to be, you know, it's a massive growth for us. And I think, you know, as we keep learning as a group and keep working on it and kind of learning from these games, I think you'll just see us get better and better at and finding that zero G and, you know, living and, and breathing it as we move forward. And, and I love that, that mantra, that, um, that idea of coaching zero G. And I, I feel like at, at least from my perspective is still as the second halves went on, those matches is still, it seemed like uh, the team lost energy, let's say, or, or less lost footing. Am I wrong saying that? Or is this still mm-hmm. something that the program still working on zero G will get there eventually? Am I saying that right? Yeah, I think so. And I think, yeah, it, and international footy is a bit, you know, it's it's definitely different. Yeah. And it's definitely takes, you know, a lot higher levels of fitness. It takes, you know, very deep bench. It takes a lot of different things. And, you know, we are going up against teams that are going to the World Cup. So, you know, these guys have been in camp for, for months on end and they've been ready to go. And it's not mm. an excuse, but, you know, you definitely saw us, you know, kind of trying to figure out, you know, what, how we wanted to play, what we wanted to do. And, you know, we put so much energy into it that, you know, I think in the, probably in the second half of a few of the games, we definitely have been just going as hard as we could. Right. So, you know, I think it's it's definitely learning. We got a lot, a lot of young players that are still finding their feet. So, you know, I think just as, as we grow and, you know, as we get better, you'll see us start to finish games and play it for full 80 instead of about 40 to 60. Hmm. Chris, I want to uh, switch gears a little bit. Talk. You you mentioned some of the the newer Eagles. I think there were nine, maybe ten Eagles that earned their cap for the first time. You uh, included on the tour, which is which is great. Um, but I want to talk about how you, you you know obviously you've played alongside your Chicago Hounds teammate there, fly half uh, Luke Carty. Mm-hmm. Was there a familiarity or maybe a comfort there since you guys you know had played a full season together in in MLR? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think probably the most underrated thing about like about rugby and coming together as a team is like having time together. So, you know, I know what makes him tick. I know, you know, his movements, what he's going to do, his kicking style, um, you know, what he, what he likes, how to communicate with him. So it's, it's a lot of different things that takes a very long time to build trust in. And I think that Chicago season really kind of brought us together and, you know, we played a lot together. So yeah, absolutely. In terms of that, um, you know, and I think you could kind of see that on the field that we were working quite well together in the backfield um, and little things that, you know, you really can't do without time together. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now, now this next player, there's, there's, there's rumors that he'll, you know, he's eventually going to be announced as a Chicago teammate of yours. That's a scrum half, uh, Nick McCarthy. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I thought he played uh, pretty well. Um, talk a little bit about, uh, you know, kind of showed the benefits right of his years playing, you know, with Linster, but maybe talk a little bit about the impact that he made on the team. Because, you know, a relatively new name for, say, your average, like, USA rugby fan. Yeah. No, he's been he's been incredible. Um, 
you know, his wealth of experience from one of the best teams in the world uh, just showed. And, you know, I think he'll become even better and even more comfortable as he, you know, gets his foot, footing. Uh, and the more caps he gets, he'll become more of a leader. And, you know, he was thrust right into that position since he got here and he's only been here for about five weeks. So, um, you know, he's, he's an incredible player. He's got a great kick. He's got a great pass. Um, you know, he's fit, he's world-class, he's got a world-class pass. So, and kick. So, you know, we loved him. We've, um, you know, we are very lucky to, that he's come over and, uh, he was a great asset for us. And I'm just looking forward to, to seeing him grow into that position, kind of be that leader for us that we need. But, you know, you could see it right away that, you know, he's, he's next level and he can see the game differently. You know, speaking of teammates, Chris, um, one of our listeners on Facebook Live asked, um, you know, were there any particular teammates uh, who took you under your wing during this tour, you know, perhaps, perhaps in like a mentorship kind of way? Who took me into their wing? Or yeah, I took was there somebody that kind of, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Was there somebody that you kind of, you took as a mentorship that, that actually yeah. helped you out? I think this tour, I was almost the one that was being a bit more of the, uh, the mentor, um, just yeah. since I'm a bit older. And even though it was my first cap, I'm, probably older than You've been around. Half, the, yeah. half the guys in the back line. But I think somebody that I probably can speak from the last tour, which was has, and I was played with him last year as well, was Marcel Brocky. Brocky. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he was just incredible in terms of his work ethic and how he spoke to the group and, you know, just his skill as, as a fullback, but also a 13 you know, he's taken me under, he took me under his wing in Austin. He took me under his wing when I was with the U S last right. summer. And, um, you know, we talk quite frequently even since he's kind of retired from international rugby, but yeah, he's, he was just a guy that really, I really looked up to. And I think pretty similar in terms of how we are as people as well. So, you know, just learning from him, uh, has been really special and he's a massive, guy of experience yeah. so yeah just learning from him has been awesome yeah marcy's been on the show a couple of times and um you know just interviewed him a number of times when he was down with western force in the united states and i ran into him after the game in chicago the mlr championship and just even after defeat such a humble guy who loves uh supporting the game and talking about the game so such a great guy to have on that side and honestly i i miss him out there I, I probably won't see him again in the usa uniform but that's sad for me several guys of you and everyone else so uh, you know, there's, there's a question we usually save to the end. I usually give this to Fitzy because uh, he loves the fun questions. But I got to ask you now. I mean, this short tour of yours, uh, and you've been on the tours with USA Sevens and, and such. But at least with this group, you know, any funny stories you can share with us about your teammates? I mean, come on, uh, you can go for it. You know, we've had again a number of players come on and share who snores the most, uh, who walks around naked in hotel rooms, who eats the most fried brains, uh, monkey monkey land sauce, whatever down inside. <laughs> Anything, some stuff we can't repeat right now because it's a family show. (laughs) Anything you can share with us? (laughs) We had a pretty good find. Sam Gala had to do a TikTok, uh, a Romanian Romanian poolside TikTok, which was pretty funny. (laughs) And he had some good dance moves in his budgie smugglers by the pool in Romania. I'm looking it up now. Yeah, well, it's in the it's it's hidden away in the secret group chat. Okay. So you'll have to ask him for oh. it if he comes on the show. He's been but, on. Uh, that was a good one. Yeah. Well, if anything else comes to mind, I'll bring it up before I'm before I'm out of here. Appreciate it. 
Well, Chris, switching gears a little bit, kind of jumping back to MLR, and, and I want to go back to um, to uh, the Austin Gill Gronies. I want to be careful about this, right? Because I know there's, you know, it, the Austin season right in 2022, disappointing the way it ended, right? And the Gill Gronies, that team was was primed for a championship run, and, and not to really cover anything specific there about that situation, but what was kind of the general mood of the players when, when the news broke about the team essentially being dismantled or the season suspended for you guys? Um, yeah, it was, it was pretty dark. Uh, it was very dark to be honest. And we were all in shock. Um, we were all in a hotel room in Houston before the Sabercats game, our last final season, uh, last regular season game, just sitting in a room trying to figure out what the heck we we're going to do. Like whether we wanted to play the game, like what, like what was happening. Um, but yeah, it was it was definitely one of the more shocking things that's happened to me. You know, I've had a quite a few different rugby scenarios that have been very strange, but that one was probably one of the weirder ones. But yeah, it was just it was really just like a rug got pulled out from underneath us. We were riding pretty high. We were looking forward to the playoffs. We felt like we had a group that could go all the way, and to kind of just get it pulled away without you know, really any defense or any transparency, we kind of felt like we were um, kind of done wrong. So, yeah, it, was, it wasn't it was great, but, yeah, I think we'll kind of just leave it at that. But, yeah, yeah, I think the guys were really disappointed. And, you know, I think even bringing it into the next season, like a lot of guys kind of hadn't gotten over it. So, you know, I think that's something that a lot of the guys will, will remember for a while. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough one, but, you know, it was a really – shitty situation on on every side so you know it's hard to really put blame on anybody but um yeah it was it was definitely tough yeah and, and then the and then the move to chicago for you right with you know you got a number of your former austin players and coaches you know making um you know the trip up to chicago to join the franchise there was it was it a tough transition you know new city i mean <laughs> the first half of the season, yeah. you guys were, were playing basically in the winter. <laughs> yeah, it was very cold. Yeah. yeah, it was very cold. But to be honest, I really love Chicago. Um, you know, I oh, probably crazy. couldn't have moved yeah. to a better city. Yeah, like it was it was surprising. Uh, it wasn't really surprising, but I was just really – it felt like home, you know, because I'm from New York City. And, you know, it felt like, you know, a good northeastern city, which, you know, I'm very used to. So – um, you know, they, the facilities were great. They did a great job with doing what they could with like two months to put a team together. So, you know, we were, we were lucky that, that they got that. And, you know, the setup was incredible. The city was really great. You know, the fans were, were awesome as well. So, you know, hats off to them for getting that done so quickly. And yeah, it was the transition. I think it was really more so like the timing of everything. Like we were in Dubai when we we're figuring out you know, when we're getting drafted to a different team and it's the middle of, you know, November and, you know, that's like a month until we have to figure out if to move to Chicago. So, you know, I think that part was, was really difficult because um, we were just, it was just kind of such a whirlwind, but, um, you know, we kind of landed on our feet there and, you know, it kind of worked out really well in terms of, you know, just getting in a season done and finding a team and all that stuff. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I want to I want to talk a little bit. There were some memorable moments for 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 the Hounds. Certainly, that first win franchise history. I believe that was a bitterly cold night in Chicago. I think was that the day after St. Patrick's Day. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, it was but, a Sunday. Yeah, yeah you uh, 
you had you kicked a game winning penalty in the seventy seventh minute against Dallas. Mm-hmm. What were you thinking, kind of in the moment, as you started to kind of line up that kick and knowing that uh, you know how big of a moment it was? I think, like I think I've learned in these moments that it's really just about sticking to your process. I think I've got with my age and my experience. I think you know the the more you don't think about anything else, the more you think about all right, I just need to do this correctly because then good things will happen. And, you know, the the more you focus on your process, the more you, you know you're going to do it correctly, the better the outcome is going to be. So, you know, you can't really be distracted with the moment or distracted with the score or anything like that. And, you know, it's kind of, yeah, and that's kind of what it was. And it was also just like, I just need to make this thing because we need to, we need to win this game. We're not going to lose it. the first game in Dallas. You know, we're not going to give Dallas our first win in, you know, a year and a half or whatever. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it was kind of just like, I need, we need to, we need this. Yeah, and then, and then sure, sure enough, a few months later, you had another pressure-packed kick when you, uh, when you converted. I believe it was a Julian Dominguez try in the 82nd minute to seal the win and end the Utah Warriors playoff hopes there. Uh, I mean, I guess, similar question, but do you do you like being the guy that takes those do-or-die kicks? Yeah, I think it's something that you don't really – well, I guess I didn't really think that I would be the guy, but now that it's kind of happened, I think if you told me – if you asked me this question like three or four years ago, I probably, probably would have been scared as hell. But, <laughs> you know, I think as I've grown and as I've gotten more confident – um, you know, in my process and in my kicking that, you know, now that I've done it a few times, it's like, okay, I can do this. And, you know, now I feel like I have the confidence to step up, step up and take a kick from anywhere. So, um, you know, it comes with, it comes with experience. It comes with failures and, um, a lot of different things. So you kind of just have to learn from it and then find out what works for you and to keep your head in those moments. You know, let's let's jump back quite a quite a bit. Okay, we got you for a couple more minutes, Chris. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to Manhattan High School rugby. Um, and you were at a school that produced some really good uh, rugby players, yourself especially. You know, Mac Petrie. Um, you know, w- w- what was the model there at Xavier High School that's really produced a lot of you know really good talented players? I think it all came down to the coaching um, and just the culture that they that they made, and you know, all of us wanted to play together and kind of create this they created this environment that was such a high high level that you know we're competing for national championships everyone wants to be a part of it the coaching's really good um you know you got 100 kids playing rugby on the weekends um four different teams so yeah just the competitiveness of it but the coaching just made you want to improve and just get better and like win you know and and it was just such a great culture there and mike tolkien was the head coach and you know you had so many great players that came before you that uh you looked up to like seamus kelly and you know mike petrie and all these eagles so just created a culture that you wanted to be the best you could be and mike tolkien obviously was a massive driver of of that for me and he was my coach for you know all three three four years that i played on varsity so um yeah i got i was lucky to to get coached by the probably one of the best american yeah. coaches in the country so and, and you're still are you still coaching at all because i mentioned i saw um saint rita high school rugby football club commented on one of our posts yesterday about you know being the coach are you coaching 
Yeah, so I kind of helped St. Rita's out there starting a program um, in Chicago. So I do do coaching. I started my uh, little academy called CM Rugby Academy. So I do nice. um, small small group coaching. I do you know teams. I've worked with Fordham. I've worked with Xavier. I've worked with a lot of different clubs. And then I do small group coaching, so high school, college. Um, anyone who wants to get better and work on their skill and fitness and speed, that uh, I've been working with them. So yeah, it's kind of taken a little bit of a set, uh, step back as I've been mm-hmm. pretty busy with playing and mm-hmm. traveling and being in Chicago and being in Austin. But um, you know, when I'm home in New York, I'm training kids and you know training a lot of guys from Xavier, from Connecticut and wherever, just to yeah, so I love it, and it's a way to give back to the game, and I have so much knowledge um, about yeah. it that I just want to give back to the American uh, players um, and just, yeah, just kind of create something here that could be special. So that'll be definitely something I'm doing post uh, Well, Chris, Chris Martina, thank you so much for joining us tonight. I mean, this, this last 25 minutes has been great. Uh, love what you saw over in Europe. We really hope to see you in that USA more and more coming up, and also – uh, wish success for Chicago next multiple seasons. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. Uh, this has been great. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, man. Again, no, no real tough questions. I mean, we we scared you at first, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, they're they're easy. They were they weren't too bad. It was good. It was nice. Good. Very seamless. Very seamless. Yeah. All right. All right, Chris. Thank you so much, man. We'll talk again soon. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Cheers. Hey, listener, we really appreciate you tuning in to these replays of Twitter Spaces U.S. Rugby Happy Hour Live. That was just the first half of the show. Be sure to check out the second half and previous shows here on your favorite podcast player. Also, please like, subscribe, or follow, and leave us a five-star review that helps get these shows in front of more and more listeners. Now, what are you waiting for? Go check out the other shows.